THE LOVER by Gregorio Martinez Sierra This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. THE QUEEN Read by Jen Broda THE LOVER Read by Todd THE LADY-IN-WAITING Read by Sonia Stage Directions Read by Larry Wilson Salon in a Royal Palace Although of extreme richness, the furnishings preserve an atmosphere of simplicity. The stage is empty when the curtain rises. Loud shouts and cries are heard outside, as if an accident were taking place. Then various noises follow, clamor and confusion. After a moment the queen enters, followed by the lady-in-waiting. The queen is a beautiful woman, gowned in faultless taste. She is about forty years of age. Her hair is very dark, except for a solitary white lock, which appears almost directly above the middle of her forehead. But this she does not attempt to conceal by any artifice. She enters in full regalia, as if attired for some court ceremony. From her shoulders hangs the royal mantle. The lady-in-waiting is about sixty years of age, rather nobly plain. She also is in full court dress. The queen, as she leaves, the lady-in-waiting who attempts to support her. No, let me be. I am not hurt. It is nothing. Has your majesty suffered no injury? None, I assure you. Oh, but the shock, the fright. Be seated, your majesty she assists her to remove the court mantle your majesty must rest at least drink a glass of water the queen sitting herself in an armchair you may bring the water but i will have nothing in it let it be as pure as god made it the lady-in-waiting brings the water from a table which stands nearby but your majesty it is cold your majesty is overheated give me the glass she takes it from the lady-in-waiting you are trembling all over ah oh, your majesty you have no idea how frightened i was how frightened we all were when the horses reared in the traces your majesty can imagine the overturn the coach shattered into pieces your majesty thrown upon the ground the queen smiling fortunately there was somebody waiting to receive me how fortunate that that man laughing my knight-errant was so near lady-in-waiting displeased certainly your majesty the queen looking at her for a moment then laughing we shall have to award him the grand cross are you frowning your majesty but what is the matter what is on your mind your majesty that man was unmannerly and impertinent your majesty will not be displeased but his deportment was horribly incorrect to catch your majesty in his arms without permission yes if he had allowed me to break my neck his conduct would have been more correct in that case he would not have committed a breach of etiquette no indeed it is not every day that a woman even if she is a queen is in peril of her life and has the experience of being saved from death in a gallant's arms 
your majesty amuses herself perhaps i do but not unkindly poor fellow however you may malign him as much as you like your majesty i do not malign him when i suggest that it is incorrect and impertinent for this person to follow your majesty wherever you go the queen laughing like my shadow like a rude ill-bred fellow who is ignorant of decency and of the requirements of etiquette your majesty never leaves the palace but that he is standing on the pavement opposite you cannot go to church or to the theatre or visit the parks or attend any public ceremony but that he is there in the front row yes or nearer than the front row as he was to-day fortunately for me your majesty loyal vassals were not wanting to fly to your majesty's assistance the queen gently yes so i saw when the horses reared half a dozen dukes began to run but what with etiquette which kept them at a safe distance and rheumatism which would not permit them to run my royal person was in grave danger laughing indeed if it had not been for him skulking in a bramble bush like a lover in comic opera love is no respecter of hiding-places it is foolish to laugh at hidden lovers even in comic opera besides what do you say was a bramble-bush appeared to me to be a laurel and men take as naturally to laurels nowadays as they did in the time of petrarch some of the leaves have even clung to my robe picking off two or three almost enough to weave a crown for my lover your majesty surely does not imply that that man is in love why not don't you think so he is utterly deficient lacking how do we know perhaps he may be an anarchist but how stupid in the twenty years he has followed me he never yet has found an opportunity your majesty the queen laughing of showing disrespect does your majesty consider that this extraordinary persecution shows no disrespect but what has become of him where is he he has been detained where for what reason for having introduced himself without permission into the palace gardens to save the life of his queen the end justifies the means your majesty he could scarcely have been advised beforehand that your majesty's coach was to be overturned and at that particular spot in the palace gardens then you do not believe in presentiments your majesty i am too old for such things the queen with a note of melancholy in her voice so am i for such things your majesty no we both know how old i am and so does the world decreeing her age is not one of the prerogatives of a queen taking up a hand-glass she gazes into it attentively horrible is it not your majesty is marvellously young even so marvels do not last long whenever i look into the mirror i am aghast at the wrinkles which i shall find there very soon i know too where they will come 
indicating her eyes and mouth they show already when i laugh ah when she is twenty how carelessly a woman laughs putting down the mirror when i laugh i cover my face with my fan when i am forty i shall have all the palace mirrors broken she recites simply when forty winters shall besiege thy brow you recall shakespeare's sonnet when forty winters shall besiege thy brow and dig deep trenches in thy beauty's field thy youth's proud livery so gazed on now will be a tattered weed of small worth held then being asked where all thy beauty lies where all the treasure of thy lusty days to say within thy own deep sunken eyes were an ill-eating shame and a thriftless praise how much more praise deserved thy beauty's use if thou couldst answer this fair child of mine shall sum my count and make my old excuse proving his beauty by succession thine this were to be made new when thou art old and feel thy blood warm when thou feelest it cold sighing i have never had a child your majesty affectionately but disapprovingly your majesty has no right to consider such a thing no of course not ah smiling again do you suppose he could be a poet why a poet why not in any case we shall soon know we shall how i shall ask and learn his answer surely your majesty does not intend to receive him precisely but your majesty he is nobody in that case we shall become acquainted more easily i shall offer him my thanks your majesty's government will thank him officially but he has saved me personally and i shall thank him personally i will receive him now your majesty if there is nothing else that you wish to suggest unless your majesty has changed her mind no do not be alarmed there is nothing to fear ah and i will receive him alone as your majesty commands she goes out the queen again takes the mirror and gazes into it fixedly with a woman's instinct she rearranges her hair then laughs at herself and lays the mirror down again when forty winters shall besiege thy brow the lady-in-waiting and the lover appear in the doorway he is forty years of age neither well nor badly dressed he wears a black sack suit his beard is pointed his hair somewhat long and slightly touched with gray he comes forward greatly agitated the lady-in-waiting retires your majesty no come in the lover advancing a step then making a reverence your majesty come nearer your majesty i have sent for you to offer my thanks i do not deserve them your majesty will command it was a happy chance that brought you into the garden yes your majesty yes and i am deeply grateful to you no your majesty no but i am indeed i am 
your majesty will decide but how is it that you were able to gain admission to the gardens very simply in spite of my guards your majesty it was not the fault of your guards i climbed the wall at the rear by the plane trees out of sight of the guards in broad daylight no your majesty last night your majesty must not be alarmed but the wall is very high there you might have injured yourself no your majesty i am used to it used to it yes your majesty on saturdays the factory shuts down over sunday so i am not obliged to work i have plenty of time i can sleep where i like do you spend the night in the open air in the garden it is very pleasant in the summer time do you mean that in winter just the same yes your majesty she makes a gesture of astonishment only when it freezes i go into the house with the orangutan your majesty keeps him now on the further side of the parterre don't be alarmed your majesty we are great friends he is very fond of tarts and roast chestnuts so you see there is no danger great heaven is it possible are you in your right mind yes your majesty but my good man what is the object of exposing yourself in midwinter in this fashion in such singular company your majesty uh, really i i don't know whether or not i should tell you but you must your majesty every night before you retire and when you get up in the morning your majesty comes out upon the terrace before your apartments in the evening you look up at the stars in the morning you feed the white doves yes i do poor things i like to toss them a few handfuls of corn the lover interrupting indian corn how do you know the wind usually carries some grains off the terrace do you pick them up yes your majesty when i can which is not often the paths are swept every morning so when night comes they are no longer there what do you keep them yes your majesty i have a collection of souvenirs the grains of corn a feather from your majesty's hat which blew out one day while you were driving a piece of fur from one of your majesty's boas which you wore at the last carnival it caught in the railing as your majesty left the stand a coin your majesty threw from your coach to a little beggar boy in the street a tortoiseshell hairpin which fell into the garden one morning along with the corn a pair of gloves two of your majesty's slippers i purchased them from a maid of one of the ladies of the wardrobe and i don't know what else you see it is a little museum an englishman offered me a thousand pounds sterling for it the queen interested what did you do your majesty the heart is not for sale you must be rich no your majesty i was uh, that is to say rich enough i have made a good living but now i am poor have you lost your money yes your majesty but we will not speak of that it is of no interest to your majesty but it is it interests me very much may i ask how i lost my money yes your majesty it is not a secret even if it were since it is your majesty i spent it upon railway tickets sea voyages rooms and hotels your majesty is such a great traveller were you following me he nods his head in assent 
But this is incredible. No, Your Majesty, no. Traveling is very expensive. As long as Your Majesty remained in Europe, it was not so bad. But when you made a voyage to India, and another to the fair at Chicago, and immediately after a pilgrimage to the Holy Land... Did you follow me even as far as India? Yes, Your Majesty. Your Majesty will remember that the voyage was undertaken on account of your health. Your Majesty may not know it, but the doctors agreed that it was a question of life and death. It was necessary for you to have a change of climate. Thanks be to God, Your Majesty recovered, but you might have died on the journey. Your Majesty will understand that, under the circumstances, it was impossible for me to remain in Europe. Impossible? Absolutely. But I cannot consent to have you spend your fortune like this. Your Majesty, do not give it another thought. It was not exactly a gold mine. A few thousands, that was all. The factory, which I had the honor to mention to Your Majesty, the unrivaled makers of butter and cheese, purveyors to Your Majesty, yes, indeed. It was mine. Now it belongs to another. That is all. But you... I'm assistant bookkeeper now. I check up the accounts. That must pay you very little. Pshaw. Nothing to speak of. It is a humble position. Believe me, Your Majesty, I am capable of much more than that. If not proprietor, I might still have been manager, or foreman at least, only... 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 Your Majesty will not be displeased, but I must keep my time free. The fact is, well, I have taken this position because it gives me a living, and... Looking down at his clothes. And enough to appear respectable, because it requires only two hours a day, from half-past nine until half-past eleven in the morning, precisely the hours at which Your Majesty confers with your ministers. Your Majesty will understand. The Queen laughing. Certainly. At that same hour we are both at the office. No, no, Your Majesty. Your Majesty misinterprets my meaning. I never presume to think. The fact is, well, between those hours my mind is most free. I am able to work without distraction, to apply myself. I am sure that Your Majesty is not upon the streets. How long do you expect to continue this life? As long as I am able, Your Majesty and Your Majesty does not prevent. Your Majesty is not offended at what I have said. Offended? No, but you must be very unhappy. No, Your Majesty, very happy, very happy. That is, not as happy as I was, because now, when Your Majesty leaves court, I am not always able to travel. Rascally coin. But fortunately, now Your Majesty travels less. It will not do to ask too much of a fortune. Your Majesty, after what happened this morning, I... I... I am repaid for everything which I have suffered in the world. Your Majesty cannot imagine how happy it makes me that... That is, Your Majesty cannot imagine how glad I am that this incident... Although I would have given my life to have prevented it... I mean... Your Majesty understands what I mean. Yes, yes, I do. Do not distress yourself. I, too, am glad that it was you. Your Majesty. Because I have noticed your face for so many years. I have seen you for so long a time. Your Majesty has noticed me? Naturally. 
Perhaps your majesty thought that I was a photographer for one of the illustrated papers. I thought that you were a poet. No, your majesty, no, never. Have you never written verses? The lover disappointed. Does your majesty like verses? Yes, I am very fond of them. Goodness gracious. No, your majesty, no, never, never. A brightening. But I know by heart almost all the verses which have been published about your majesty. Birthday verses, verses celebrating your victories, your works of charity, and so on and so on. There are so many of them. Your majesty, of course, knows them too. Not those verses. Smiling. God bless us. But you must not be troubled. One may be a poet and yet not write verses. Does your majesty think so? Certainly. We may write poetry or we may live it. Deeply affected. And devotion and self-denial, illusion and dreaming, the sacrifice of one's life to an ideal, an impossibility, these things are also true poetry, great poetry, are they not? The lover not understanding. No doubt, your majesty, no doubt. Of course, since your majesty says so. And you are a great poet of life. Your majesty says so. And I, because you are, in memory of this day, of this event, which also is an extraordinary one in my life, I'm going to give you a present to add to that collection which you tell me of, and I hardly know, because of your delicacy, your sacrifices, really, will you accept this remembrance from me? She offers him a jewel which she wears upon her breast. No, no, your majesty, no, by no means, really, not that jewel, no, no. But why not? Because a jewel is a jewel. That is, it has value in itself. And no, your majesty, no, no. I do not wish to give offense. No, your majesty, no, it, it is not that. It is the way I feel, a caprice. If your majesty would deign to give me some reminder, something personal, perhaps, of no value. As you wish. If you would let me have that mirror, your majesty, after looking into it once. The queen looks into the mirror and then hands it to the lover. There, your majesty. Thanks. Your majesty will permit me to kiss your hand? He kisses it. Thanks. Thanks, your majesty. Believe me, your majesty. Deeply moved. This is the happiest day of my life. I, too, am greatly obliged to you, and I wish to ask you a favor. If at any time you desire anything, anything which is within my power to grant, you will do me a great kindness by coming to me. The lover hesitating, wishing to ask something. Your Majesty. Now, tell me truly, is there nothing that you wish? Your Majesty, since Your Majesty has been so kind, if Your Majesty would exert your influence with the Minister of the Interior to have him grant me a pass over the railways of the kingdom? You shall have it this very day. Is there nothing else? What is your name? Matthew, Your Majesty. Matthew Brown, Your Majesty's humble servant. The Queen repeating the words so as to fix them in her memory. Matthew Brown, you shall have it this afternoon. Now you may retire. 
she strikes a small silver bell and many thanks yet again to the lady-in-waiting who enters let this gentleman be escorted to his home and a note be made of his address she bows dismissing him your majesty bowing very low he is about to disappear but as he reaches the door he turns and says uh, it it need not be first class goes out the queen disturbed pacing up and down the room without knowing whether to laugh or to cry matthew brown matthew brown to the lady-in-waiting who re-enters has he gone yes your majesty but your majesty is unwell has this man given offence he has been impertinent no no on the contrary poor fellow was he a poet a poet no that is yes in his way imagine but how can you imagine my god this poor man has given his life for me for to him his cheese factory was his life four centuries ago he would have fought under my banners he would have conquered a kingdom for my sake he would have discovered a new world and have laid it at my feet and now now to see me feed corn to the doves he sleeps in a cage with the orangutan and his name is matthew brown matthew brown the lover the poet was right we have been born too late into a world which has grown too old curtain end of the lover by gregorio martinez sierra